Hi guys, and welcome back to the Once You're In, You're In podcast. This is episode number 17. Reese is another week deep in uh, on prep. Um, on prep. In, in prep, on prep. Um, yeah, on so uh, how are you doing, mate? That's the one that annoys me. So yeah, um, I usually say all good. Uh, we're not, we're not doing all good. Um, I've been, I've been underselling it to you. I've been acting like a man, but in reality, in my head, yeah. I feel like feel i feel pretty bad um i don't really know how to be how pg i'm gonna be um but to put it simply my digestion is absolutely appalling um the, the last few days um finn had a few like a bit of an episode early last week um and i for some reason have somehow caught it and my body is not really responding in the, in the way that yours did aka you felt off for about two days where i've now like it's tuesday I had my first like wave of like food not sitting too well on Thursday, and uh, and since Thursday I've probably been to the toilet I'd like to say over forty times, like <laughs> it's absolutely silly. Um, so yeah, not not much food sitting too well with me. Uh, it's resulting in what feels like all fluid, all minerals, everything not sitting well at all. Um, like cause I, everything's cramping. I just feel pretty dire if I'm honest uh, I said to, to Tender yesterday it was like um, I feel like I'm using default like you know creator class guns at like level one like usually I'm in the gym and I'm, I feel quite good and I'm in reality now I'm using like level one guns I've got no attachments everyone's using red dot sights and everything and I'm out here using iron sights so I'm just, I'm just not in a good position uh, I don't feel too great um, but like fortunately that's not from the prep like, I don't think it is it's just exacerbated um, because I'm in an energy deficit should we say um, but if we're talking strictly from a prep feel sound I made a fair few tweaks and changes um, over the last uh, week or so steps have gone up uh, on both training and non-training days uh, nothing nothing excessive just a thousand extra um, to be fair on my training days I was ticking over 10,000 steps anyway it's really hard I, f- I find it impossible to if I'm going for two walks to keep my steps below 10,000 anyway it was already going to be like 11,000. So non-training days, just a little bit higher. It's like 13,500, which if I'm honest, I don't think they're going to be intentionally much higher. It was more so just going for a little bit longer on my second walk of the day. Uh, food has also been manipulated. Uh, bagels have been taken out. They, they were taken out, I think, after the last podcast, which was a shame on, on training days. I used to have two bagels in my pre, and I've now got three crumpets. So 22 carb pulled and six protein. I feel like I said that actually on the last one. I knew I think it was in the pipeline. So yeah. you planned it yeah so that was planned uh, so food was down on on training days food will be slowly coming down on non-training days um but i wanted to hold off until my, my stomach's all right because i was actually going to be adding in um a little bit more like veg and actually a bit more voluminous volume can i say that voluminous food um help me out voluminous that's what i'm gonna go with uh food and i'm just gonna pull down carbs slightly by like 25 so uh, we're at a stage now where like i said on the, a few podcasts like i go through periods and i quite like like the idea of, of almost pushing for a week or two, kind of making a fair few changes, then holding off, seeing kind of how long you can ride off those changes, then pushing again. And with like current condition, like my front is, I'm quite happy with my front. I wasn't too happy with how I was looking on Monday. I think the uh, the slight illness, should we say, not feeling too great physically. Likewise, mentally, I just felt a bit off it. 
it was um it was it was a, it was a bit of a weird one on Monday. The session was mint numbers wise, but it was just a bit of a strange one. So like I could tell I was pretty battered. But visual look, bar Monday, I, I was happy. Um, like my fronts lean, my sides are really lean. To be fair, uh, my back's still not lean, but it will get to a point where there's not enough fat on my front to really pull from there. So it has to come off my back. Like that's what I'm most thinking. Like it will get to a point where there's no fat on my front, and it will be like right well. There's not too much more fat in my arms. My, my delts are pretty lean. Um, like the only real thing I probably got fat on is like my mid to lower back and then my legs. Like my front's like not, it's not shredded. It will still get leaner. There's still more to come off, but it's not too far off what I would need it to be at. So yeah, a few changes have gone in for, for that. Training. Uh, this is the most in-depth one I've gone for. Training's changed as well. Uh, we've pulled down uh, the pull volume on the... So basically, Saturday was an upper session. And what we've done now is we've taken the, the pull volume out because it was almost like accessory kind of weekly total volume. So it was a, a dumbbell chest-supported row two sets and then two sets of the... like It's a hammer strength replica, but like a standing yeah, unilateral single arm uh, D-handle. It's live uh, fitness. Row. Is it live fitness? Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so we had that in. So it was literally I had on my upper session, it was basically a push session with four working sets of, of pull. Uh, and we've pulled them away. Get it? Pulled the pulled the pulls away. Um, and uh, and we pretty much now, I've just gone to the one kind of pull session per week on Mondays. Basically, the reason why I was on, on that Monday session, I just noticed that recovery was just getting a little, it was noticeable that like I was coming around. It's only, it's only two sleeps time from that Saturday session. So I was, uh, I was, noticeably thinking like this is getting a bit of a challenge to recover I was going into that Monday session still pretty beaten up even though it's only four working sets like um, due to the, the the tempo manipulation due to the, the accuracy should we say in those sets and then like the movement patterns they were battering me quite a lot so uh, pulled that away completely and it's now pretty much an approach of one pull session per week on Mondays I have two like pushing arms they're a little bit different in design the, the, the session on Wednesday uh, is actually four presses um, the, the overall volume is fairly similar but there's more isolation work on the saturday session which is now instead of an upper it's more of like a push and arm b should we say but there's a little bit more arm work on that session and uh, there's a little bit more isolation work as we say and there's actually one less main push so it's almost like trying to tick off a little bit not more musculature but just trying to almost have a wider range of things that we're trying to kind of tick off in that session and then from like a weekly setting and, uh, and i think everything else has stayed relatively the same so so to summarize and also, actually, cardio has gone in on Saturday, so I'm doing cardio pretty much. I'm I'm just doing I'm doing I'm doing everything. Cardio's in every day bar lower. Um, I, I I call this period the time that I quite enjoy because it's when you can be quite aggressive, and then the visual look hopefully will come through. So uh, yeah, exciting times. If I felt good um, in the sense of me not having to go to the toilet, everything would be mint. But I don't feel great. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but no. Other than that, mate, everything's fine. I don't know if you wanted to ask me about anything else and I skimmed over anything or if you felt like I gave a, a good breakdown of that. Yeah, you covered everything. I would, I would say, why have you done so many things at once? So why have you changed? It wasn't really food? Food? How, how did it work? Because obviously that could be a, a factor in why you're feeling so shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, it wasn't where like I woke up and just went, this is no, the, the no, change. It, it, I know you've done it, but it, even within the space of a week, like... I think you're, you're very similar to me in terms of how I was last year. Because you don't feel shit, you don't actually realize yeah. the environment that your body's in. So, like, you think you can get oh, away yeah. with doing, like, loads. And then it actually, oh, like, yeah. oh, shit, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like, I did it loads. Like, and, and you, 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 you sort of learn from it, you know. 
from like hindsight afterwards. But yeah, go on then. How how did you do it in terms of like what? So it was more so. Like I said, it was it was it was a bit of a strange one because what happened was um, I, I pretty much if I was to break it down, and I think this would be like a good video to go through uh, weekly videos. That's what I say, yeah, almost like out. a full overview going through yeah, going through like my Google Sheets because it's literally been periods of time where there's absolutely no updates for like a week or two, and then it'll be a time where like literally four changes come in, and I'm I'm a big it's it's challenging because from a coaching standpoint, I'd actually rather argue if I wouldn't know somebody, I quite like the idea idea of a snowball going down a hill or a mountain and almost just keeping the snowball building momentum so you don't want that momentum to stop but I almost know what to look for from like a neurological sense and then from a physical sense and like you could argue it's very similar but in reality I like to know what I look for and I feel like I'd much rather have periods where I'm quite aggressive with the changes then I hold off and just see how things go so from like weeks 12 to 10 I made absolutely zero changes and my physique got better and better from weeks like from like I'd say from like weeks 10 and a half to like weeks nine and a half I was like right okay cool let's make a few changes let's see how things go um it was more so as well like you said I felt, felt good everything was pretty much moving forward in the right directions and at the same time if I was just to go off body weight and it's not going to be really a main driver but I'm still above 100 kilos so like it's not where I'm light and I'm thinking oh god I feel pretty frail my, my session performance is is dropping off my session performance is far higher now than it was bar pressing pretty much um like when it went like literally eight weeks ago ten weeks ago uh, which is to be fair kind of expected but like I'm not going to progressively get weaker that's not going to be the main goal I always find that funny when people are like ah oh, I got stronger and it's all you expected to get weaker like it's no one goes into any phase and like I'm just gonna get weaker that's that's the goal though um so it was more so just having a look and I was almost just looking going right well the first change was literally um, if I'm not mistaken I'd have to get it up in front of me um but it was literally just a cardio change of putting it in on the uh 20 minutes it's not a lot on my uh on my sessions I didn't have it already in so I originally had cardio on all rest days and I had it on just one of my training sessions that wasn't a rest day and I just put it in on the two other sessions that isn't the lower session so it was a total 40 minutes if you think about it so 20 minutes twice per week not a grand amount if you think about it like you put in 20 minutes of cardio haven't you pretty much every day now so uh, obviously different goals and yeah, such, but it wasn't where I was like, right, I'm on a lot of food like yeah 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 but like physically I'm like that. that's not that demanding it's not but and then likewise no you don't realize like I mean I wasn't I didn't obviously oh, yeah. do any cardio and I remember thinking like thinking back now if I had to do any like, yeah. I'd have adapted to it if I'd have done it throughout the whole prep but thinking towards like the latter weeks like if I'd have had to add in more cardio then I'd have been like fucking hell like when I because I wasn't doing any like but if you're already yeah. doing I know it, what you like, mean yeah, it was already, and to be fair, whenever I've got lean in the past, I've always had cardio in. Like last year, when I, when I did the tidy up and I dropped 14 kilos in eight weeks, obviously the, the rate of loss is going to be massively varied uh, to, to what I'd be after now. But like, in reality, I had cardio in literally every day. And I don't find it, like it doesn't, I know obviously you say it, and it does work in like, for example, you don't feel it on a daily basis. It's something that works like in, kind of like the mechanism behind what you actually can infer from like a day-to-day -day setting so i probably feel worse now for the changes I, I i'm not disagreeing with that but at the same time like i said i don't i almost want it where i can say right well i can be quite aggressive i can hold off and then i can just see how things go um from like a visual standpoint 
it was almost saying like, I'd much rather, I know you were saying our oh, two weeks to, to kind of get ready. I'd rather have a period where I can actually have my food a little bit higher. I, I want to do a, like a, not, a, not a peak week or whatever, but I want to have like the weekend prior with like a decent amount of carbs and just see how I look. So I, in reality, that's probably three weeks I need to be ready. And when we break it down, that's six weeks. Like six weeks is not a lot of weeks, you know? And, um, and, I, and I look at it and I think, well, training performance is in a good spot. Body weight is still in a good spot. Mate, I'm eating 3,400 calories still on training days. That's not, if my food was 2,600 calories and on a training day and 2,000 on a non-training day, I could argue and go fucking all right, slow down. But my food's in a very good spot. Like everything seems to be, if you were to be offered me this position right now, bar me going to the toilet loads, um, let's <laughs> say when I started, I'd be saying, yeah, like, cause I'm looking at it and I'm thinking when I first started, I thought high eighties, low nineties, uh, to be still sitting above hundred kilos in the condition I'm in. Like we said, I'd say probably 94, maybe 95. I reckon I'll see like a 93 or a 94. I'll probably the day after the show be 96 kilos, if I'm honest, like, or the day after the last show, like, yeah, 125 kilos. Uh, that'll be it. Um, perfect rebound, 30 kilos worth of tissue added. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting one. And like I said, the, 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 the joys of it are I'm not experienced enough to really know if this is going to be productive or not. And that's like the, the beauty of it, where it's the same as what you were going in at. Like we were both saying for you, like, do you reckon you could push a bit harder? Do you reckon you could do this? Do you reckon you could do that? And I remember like, if you literally, I, I remember the conversations before your first show, it was, oh yeah, you know, you're ready. The second you finish your show, I'm not lean enough. I need to push harder. You looked your best six weeks out, you know, and you were doing high days and like you were doing two days back to back high days. So there's always going to be inconsistencies in the first prep. There's never going to be a perfect prep. But for now, touch wood, I think I'm in a, a quite a good spot visually, physically, um, everything bar the, the toilet situation. <laughs> Four times I think I mentioned that. So yeah um again if there's i think that's pretty much answered all like i said we'll see how things go i think each week now it's going to be more of an in-depth kind of breakdown because it'll be almost like the, the the mechanisms of how i actually feel and how things are because you can cruise and then you get to a point and like for example i went for a walk yesterday and like i was so quiet like it was it was noticeably like i was like god I'm not happy. Like, this is such a weird feel. Like, you know, when you're just walking around, you're like, I've got nothing here. Like, there's no energy, there's nothing. And it's one of those times where you don't realise till afterwards that you're like, you, I'll look back at that and go, wow, like, yeah. what the hell? I had walks like that. I had one yeah. where it was like, I think I told you, it was like raining, but it was like, I, I was red hot. So I was like, literally, I went, I went out in a coat. I had to take my coat off. So I was just getting like drenched by the rain, but I was absolutely boiling. Yeah. And then I went freezing and then I went hot again. And I had to keep sitting down because I felt like I was going to pass out. We were on like a 20 minute walk, me and Shannon. Um, and we got back home and we needed to go to Tesco to do the food shop. And I still had more steps to do. So I was yeah. like, just go in and get me like um, a squash. So like, like a, yeah. a drink of squash with like two calories or whatever. And it sorted me out. Like, I was sound after it, but mate, like that walk was vile. And it was literally just from obviously dieting for I, I was probably maybe two weeks out or something at that point. And I just I was just dragging my feet. I remember like just sort of every step I was taking, I was just thinking about the next step. Like that's all I was worrying about was like just take that that which is ridiculous, really. Yeah, it's mental when you think about but it. But that is like all I was just I was just thinking, just do the next step, just do the next step. Yeah. Like, but the, the best way I could describe it is like I go with Bear, so my dog. And he'll get a stick and he puts a stick down 
and I'm not joking you, it was the day before last, and I looked at the stick, and I didn't even have the energy to like bend down and pick it up. No chance, I'm even doing that while throwing it. There was like, I looked at it, and like my body just went, no, like don't. And it was like, I just looked at him and said, sorry, mate, I can't. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> like, it's weird because that doesn't even apply. Like, I compare it and I remember, like, you know, when, let's say, I dropped you off at Loughborough or whatever after where, after Rotherham, I'd, like, drive back and I'd, like, listen to, I don't know, whatever songs I was listening to. And I was, like, like enjoying my time. That's gone. That, that doesn't happen anymore. Like, I, I literally, I either have to listen to a podcast to, like, just kind of chill out or I have a song on, but I have no idea what the song is. Like, it's kind of like I'm a bit more Just robotic. like brain fog, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Me and Slater no. was saying about it. Like Slater was saying yeah. he'll be sat in front of his like laptop trying to do work, and he'll realise he's not done anything for like 15 minutes. <laughs> he's just like... Oh, oh, that's, that's the strange thing. Like, that's the one thing I thought I'd notice more of an issue with. My, the only thing I will say is my ability to like do other tasks consciously is awful. So for example, today I was like explaining to someone a macro change and the resort calories and me talking, like, you know, when you can talk and you can then do them like the maths in your head. So if you've pulled a hundred carb, no, you're not with the math. Yeah. yeah. You know, you've pulled like 25 carb and you pulled like 10 fat. So you're like, right. 190 calories. I can usually say that. Yeah. And while talking <laughs> about, and I literally, I said to him, I, I stopped, it was James. And I just went, one second, mate. I was like, right, it's 190. I was like, sorry. I said, I can't, I can't do all of this at the same time. My brain just doesn't work. But when it comes to actual like productivity, mate, I'm spot on. Like I actually noticed fasted rest days are mint because I don't eat my first meal till like 7 p.m. by the feel of things because I push it back. Uh, no, I don't. Just so people know, it's so it's around midday. So by the time I've like got on, I've done my cardio, I've done my steps. Um, I say done my steps, I've done like 5,000 steps. Um, I probably do like two and a bit hours, three hours worth of work before I've my first meal. And then I'll be sipping on like some caffeinated beverage. Today, it was a, um, it was a 3D, no, not a 3D, a yellow rain, uh, which was quite nice. 200 megs of caffeine, so 50 megs more caffeine, bro. Mate, gonna you're going to hold so much fluid when you come yeah. I know, going to, I'm uh, going to be cutting them out soon, I imagine. Um, but no, so it was literally, I just can fly through, like uh, my, my, my productivity is spot on. There's no de detriment to that yet. So that's the one benefit. It's more so like external tasks and training days, are, I, if I'm honest, are more of a challenge. Rest days I really enjoy because it's like I can just do my work. Uh, I've always got something to do in the day in the sense of like after I finish work today, it was physio Friday, it's my haircut. Sunday we'll go for a walk somewhere different um, or something will be on or whatever or we'll do something afterwards but like on my training days I'm not really enjoying them as much because after my sessions I'm battered and like my, my rest my training days are just brutal like it's literally get up cardio steps work training get in shower eat die sleep like there's no that that evening time it's awful but again it's going to be expected and uh it, it's how it is uh, how are you mate how's uh how's training been i mean when you're in a gaining phase mate there's just not really much to report it's just like yeah sound training's been good, this mate, has been good. Yeah. you're back to 200 pounds you're, you're ever going to see a 201 or are you just thinking 200 pounds 201.75 the other day was it well that explains why you're soft mate fair enough i'm so soft yeah no i actually feel pretty good i had a really good session yesterday um yeah i think because it's a bit cooler like last week like although i still had good sessions like i did struggle like everyone did obviously it was fucking boiling like yeah. I, I was 
drenched like through the sessions and I was finishing like I was ready to just pass out like I felt pretty shit and obviously like that's relatively normal anyway but when it's sort of exaggerated by it being 10 degrees hotter than it usually is like with no aircon in the gyms that we train at like it was uh, a bit brutal and especially like I'm, I'm not gonna make it like any excuses obviously but being heavier for me like, I, like you've been fine like obviously it's been hot but you've been like ready to do I've that yeah. and I'm there like fat eating donuts struggling so uh, maybe I need to I need to stop with the pre-workout and post-workout cookies um, yeah. but no I'm actually feeling pretty good like I'm, I'm relatively happy with condition at this body weight um, I did that video the other day sort of like nine months progress in the off season which I, ne- I didn't really realize it had been that long since I competed like when I said it in the video I was yeah. like nine, nine months I was like is that right like, it doesn't feel like that long but then also like thinking back it's like anything when you think of something you think oh it feels like it was only like a few weeks ago but then when you actually yeah. break it down and think of all the things that have happened, it feels like ages ago. So it's, Mate, when, when you're training at progress, like, yeah, if you think about like, we've gone through the, the training sessions at the, the private facility. Then we trained at Evo, you know, for that month with the Panata chest supported T-bar in for like a month. Then we were at home. Then we were like, Mate, it's been, it's been a mental kind of nine months because it doesn't feel like nine months ago since you competed. That's for sure. But time does fly, but a lot has happened, you know. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Feeling good, feeling better this week. No issues anymore. Digestion's back to where it needs to be. Uh, Generally feeling a pretty good routine. Um, Been doing cardio every morning now for the past, like, two weeks. Um, Just, like, 20 minutes, low intensity on a a rest day and, like, moderate intensity. Sorry, low intensity on a training day, moderate intensity on on a rest day. Um, what is that for you mate have you got your heart rate in a set zone i generally aim it, it if i logged it on my aura ring because i broke my apple watch ages ago didn't i if i logged it on my aura yeah. ring i think it's a, it's a little bit higher than what it says on the bike on the bike i generally it ends up being about 110 for the low intensity and then about 125 or so on the moderate intensity um, i think it'd probably be a little bit closer to maybe like 120 and 130 or so if i did it with the, an apple watch um Generally, when I used yeah. to use my Apple Watch, it always logged it as slightly more than on the bike. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's generally been doing me good. My blood pressure down a little bit because I was keeping an eye on that. Still not great. Well, it's not bad, but it's not where I want it to be. But it's a lot better than it was. Um, yeah. Been doing like my fasted blood, cl- blood glucose. I just do it once a week. And that's been getting a little bit better just from getting a little bit healthier. Uh, and I feel a little bit better for it. Like, not that I've felt bad before. But I think whether it's even even if it's just sort of a, a placebo effect of of seeing numbers go down on sort of those kind of scales and being like oh you know yeah. I'm I'm getting fit I'm getting healthier but either way I feel a little bit better um, and just I think yeah. my routine at the minute but my routine feels better by like getting up and and doing something productive because like before I would get up and I would like generally chill for the first sort of 10 15 minutes like get up get changed get ready like for the day come upstairs like rehydrate make a coffee and then i'd just sit and like watch youtube videos until i was ready to get working and like some mornings i was just being like a bit lazy and i'd be there like watching like 20 minute video and i'd be like what am i doing like i'm ready to work so now like i'll get up i'll come upstairs and, and rehydrate and get straight on with cardio then I'll prep all my meals for the day so that that's really easy. Because before I wasn't doing that. I only had my cream of rice prepped. So now all my meals are prepped. And like I'll do my pre and my intra first thing. So like everything's ready. And then I'll have meal one while I watch a video. 
and and then I'll smash through work. And often now, like when I'm watching a video, like I, I might not even watch a video. I'll probably have like my first check in, listening to it and stuff. So I feel a lot more productive just from like minor changes. Um, not that I wasn't getting work done or anything, but I just felt like I like I'd I'd have like let's say six or seven check ins. And before, like I remember, like when I I used to, I'd get up and I'd get like I'd smash through them and I'd be done by like ten. And then I'd have yeah. like the rest of the morning to like do content or get back to applications or whatever. And then I got to like, I got into a routine where I was like letting six, seven check-ins take up my whole morning when they didn't really yeah, need to. It easily, yeah. It's it easily can be easy done. Right. Yeah. So, so I feel like now be a bit stuck in between meals, you're yeah. watching a video and I'll watch the end of this part. And I mean, I'm yeah, I, I agree. You now. Mm. Yeah, like before I started my diss, so like, you know, before those like that couple of months, it was awful, like on my on my laptop, they killed my laptop, I should mention, my, yeah, my Mac cool. died, yeah, finally, um, it's over there actually, I've got a new one, yeah, my Mac died, rest in peace, about two and a half years, but it literally, in, in two and a half years, I don't think any Mac has ever been rinsed as much as that, so I'm surprised it lasted as long, but, um, but yeah, I was the same, before that period, it was where like, I'd have, let's say before we trained, I might have six check-ins and I'm getting up at say eight and by the time I'm getting on with work it's like I've made all my meals it might be 10 and it's like oh and why am I getting started at work at 10 you know like now I have by 10 o'clock I've probably got four check-ins done my cardio my steps everything nailed and it's like right well I'm in a far better routine and it's funny that you touched on the uh the, like the physical kind of like we sound like JP but the fitness element like um it's good to it's it's, it's a strange one like it's one because I'm like 20 pounds heavier than you right now but like mate you'll see when I'm training I can do sets really quickly now like to the point where like I'll do a set and I'll be like right I'm ready to go again and it's uh it's quite a nice feel like physically I, I like how I feel when I do more cardio I remember I'd do like a set of 10 during the first lockdown, uh, not first lockdown, the last lockdown. And I'd be like blowing for ages. And it's like, it's, it's cool because I was strong in like lower rep ranges, but like I gas out on anything high rep work and like physically just talking. Like I felt, I feel so much better now. That's the weird thing that's like that cardio kind of brings. So yeah, I think you're in probably a better spot if you've got all the variables and markers that you control and they're coming down. I mean, you, your body weight's pretty much sitting into a similar position. Food's not silly high, like composition's not like out of line. Like I think again, if you were to be offered where you are now, nine months later, I think you're in a very good position to, to, to grow. You just need to make sure that I'm not beating you on the side of attack this week. So yeah, that, that would be good. Right I'm coming. You're just coming down. <laughs> I will. Literally, that's what I thought. Right at the bottom. I'm, I'm definitely not going to be wearing white boxes again. I'm going to get bullied off it anyway, like we did last week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we we got in a we got in a bit of a tussle about the cybex hack. We won't go into too much detail, but we'll uh, leave you with the, the classic line of a guy coming up to me saying, oh. "Do you think you're fucking funny?" That's what the uh, that's the line is. So, yeah, Cybex hack. That was it. Right. Uh, do you want to get into the questions, mate? I, got, I only got a few this week. If I'm yeah, honest. I didn't get many, mate. Yeah, we seem to have like weeks where, like, guys, can we be a bit more consistent with the questions, please? We'll have a week where both me and Finn get asked like twelve to fifteen yeah. questions, and then we'll have a week where we get asked like three or four. Like, I think I've got like maybe six, and I haven't even really looked through them. So I don't. And six basically means there's only about three because half of them would be crap. I think I've got three, I think got three good ones. Yeah. Right. You can go first. Right. So, um, GB Fitness. This is uh, this is Gulliver. Gulliver. Um, Gulliver's Fitness travels. 17. Yeah. 
mate, my mum said the same thing, Zach. I, um, yeah, she knew it. I, I'm clearly too young. I'm too young. Uh, tips for conventional deadlifts with long femurs, bar start position, mm -hmm. etc. Thanks. It's hard to really give it's you hard a to say without, without seeing. Yeah, without visualizing. We'd have to get we'd have to get a video of yeah. doing it. We, are, almost we, we could do that. We could do that at some point. But I would mm. generally say, obviously, he's your client, isn't he? So film it, send it to Reese. He's not, not yet. He will be. Uh, towards the, yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he'll be signing up towards the latter end of either this month or next. I'm not 100 percent sure, but if he is spot on, if not, like we'll we'll, we'll answer like he's he's going to be. So yeah, yeah, this is one thing I would actually recommend. This is why video feedback and video analysis really is key important. in a coaching process because you can literally assess and go right, put the bar here, move this. So many, that. yeah. There's there's so many things that like clients will cover in check-ins or they'll drop me a message saying, mate, I'm struggling with this. I'm like, film it. Like, how do you expect me yeah. to, to know? Like, oh, they'll say this hurts my shoulder. And I'm like, film it. I guarantee that your form's not great. Like, so yeah, that, that's massively important. And like watching someone else do it, especially if you're not really that well educated on it or on, on anatomy or on movement patterns, like you can watch someone else do it all day long. But if you don't actually know how to improve it yourself, like it's not really going to be beneficial. Um, so yeah, I would probably say in terms of like the, a bit of a vague answer, like generally you're going to want the bar, like let's say starting, you know, above the, the laces, maybe the, the middle to bottom of the laces of your shoe. Um, you're going to want to be obviously letting the knees travel over the bar on a conventional deadlift at the start of the rep. Generally you want like your, your shoulder blades, like let's say the mid to bottom of your shoulder blades over the bar. Um, you could film it from the side, obviously, and watch it back yourself, even just the setup. You don't have to do a set. Just watch the setup. Think to like pack your lats, keep your head fixed in line with your torso, and then go from there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very hard to say. And especially when you're saying like, oh, I've got really long femurs. Like, have you actually? Or is that just mm. something? Because a lot of the time people will be like, oh, I can't do this because I'm tall. Or I can't do this because I'm small. Or got my, my levers are, you know, let's say not, not optimal for a given exercise, which sometimes can be true, but a lot of the time is a bit of an easy way out. Um, but yeah, you could potentially use a block. Like uh, if, if someone is really, really struggling to, let's say, keep their, their back tight, especially like the lumbar spine tight on a hinge, then often starting from a block wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, it might just be a case that you need to improve like your hip mobility or your lower back mobility. But there's so many variables that like, it's almost impossible to, to give you some tips. Like, obviously, I gave some vague ones there, but it's, it's very difficult to to give any more detail than that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and also at the same time, like it doesn't have to be, I, the, the one issue is, is a lot of individuals will do this and I, I don't want him to take this too literally, but like, for example, break down why you deadlift. Do you have to deadlift? You know, you could easily do a variant of a hip hinge. Could you do an SLDL? Maybe not. But for example, like, I suit a, a straight, a stiff leg deadlift far greater than I do a regular deadlift. I always was told when I deadlifted when I was like a, when I was a young chap, like your knee drive, your leg drives are appalling. So I was like, right, well now I just stiff leg and it's not where I need that knee drive and my, my knee like travel is relative to, to my own mechanics. Likewise, an RDL suits me a lot better than a, probably a regular deadlift. So I'd always be asking like, why are you hip hinging? Unless you want to build the deadlift up, then you can always do variants and there will always be variants. And I highly recommend what Finn said about the um, putting the blocks under limiting range of motion. You don't have to be married to, to touching the floor or utilizing bumper plates as such. But additionally to that point, the, the one problem is, is a lot of people who are taller get into this kind of mental state where if, if you're over six foot two, six foot three, you can't deadlift. When in reality, 
you can. It's just like, it's a bit of a challenging movement for some. And in reality, you probably haven't spent enough time like learning it. We were saying about my squatting. My squatting patterns like are pretty dire, but that's firstly, mechanically, it's not a super like, you're far better suited to a squat movement than I am. But I've never spent time doing 60 kilo barbell squat, then 100 kilo barbell squat, or doing full range hacks with pauses at the bottom with no momentum, staying tight. Like I haven't put the time in on certain movement patterns. So for me to say, you know what, I'm pretty shit at squatting, it's a result of me, not anybody yeah. else. Right. I feel like if you were to ask me that three years ago, I'd just go, nah, I'm just Wait, shit at hack squats. A year, ago, a year ago, you used to say <laughs> that all the time. And like I used to say, like, you're not, like, it's just that you haven't practiced enough or spent enough time there. Yeah. And it's the same like with anything. Like, you can say, oh, you know, I've just got shit arms or I've just got shit calves. And it's like, well, if you have that mentality, then you go into, like, I have shit calves, but I don't go around moaning about it. Like, I try and do something about it and actually put the effort in to grow them. Like, I, yeah. I can say I haven't done enough on my calves for them to be a good body part. So they're not. It's simple as that. Like, if, if, you're not putting, if you're not putting the work in on a movement, what do you expect? It's not, it's not going to be a strong body part. Yes, you can have some areas that are going to grow easier than, than others and genetically are in a better position than, than others. But still, like, if you're not putting the work in on those weaker areas, like, they're only going to be worse so very similar to that like don't just because there's an easy excuse don't just use that as an easy way out actually put the work in beforehand if you've spent five years you know working on let's say a squat or working on a deadlift or working on your calves or whatever and they're still not not progressing like first of all i would question what have you actually been doing you know are you actually working on them or are you just sort of pissing about but if you've been doing absolutely everything in your power to, to do something for let's say, you know, six months, 12 months, two years, three years, and it's still not, not improving, then yeah, then maybe you can be like, oh, you know, this is a weak area that's you know, genetically weak or whatever it may be. But I think a lot of the time, you know, people just keep doing what they're doing and then question why it's not changing. It's like, well, you know, you keep doing the same thing and you're expecting a different result. Definition of insanity. Get it in there. That's knew, what it is. I knew you were going to say it if I left it for you. Yeah, I was laughing. I was like, he's literally going word for word here. That's class. Nice. Yeah, but no, I, I agree. Like, if you were look, mate, how many sets do you reckon you've done of arms in comparison to calves? Oh, man, it's Ridiculous. absolutely absurd. Like, you'll get people who do like, oh, mate, my calves won't grow, but they do two working sets at the end of each, like two lower sessions. What so, you're doing four sets per week? Like, why don't you try and do ten sets? You know, and they're like, oh no, it's boring. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there you go, that. mate. You see how most people train calves? Like, mate, I'd say, oh, yeah. I can't There's, say anything. Yeah. But I train them well and yeah. I just haven't done it for enough time yet. Yeah. Right. My, the only time my calves ever grew, I was training them like four to five times a week. It was when I was like 16 to 18. I did them literally um, like after, like at the end of each session, um, my lower sessions at the start. And I just kind of did mixed rep ranges. Sometimes I went like for like a couple of heavy loading sets. If they were at the latter end of the session, I'd do a lot of intensifiers. I'd do drop sets. I'd be pausing in the stretches only times my calves ever really noticeably grew and it was because the frequency and overall weekly volume was there and like my calves aren't a bad like well, they're not weak my calves aren't amazing they're not you wouldn't look at my calves and go oh my god it's got amazing calves but my calves aren't a weak Good. calf that guy that guy is in progress <laughs> Mate, my the guy in progress works said my calves were like he looked at me and got such good calves and i just looked at him and went, 
what? Like that was the so well, basically I got I'll, I'll say it for people that don't because like, we skimmed over that. Um, I think it's quite natural. Like you'll get compliments on your physique when you train. Like and I got a compliment once when I was stood in the reception of Progress Works and someone just looks at me and he goes, "Oh mate, you look fantastic." And I was like, "Oh cheers, mate, thanks." Like just being nice. And he goes, "Yeah, your calves are so good." And I just started laughing and I was like, "Mate, they're not." Like just and he was like, no, no, he was like, hey, your calves are great. And I was like, they're not, they're not really, mate. Like, cheers, but they're not. Like it was such a weird, like, you know, Yesterday, I was walking back from training and uh mm. I've got a new like next door neighbour in the flats here. And the uh <laughs> he was sat outside he was sat outside having a cigarette <laughs> and he was like Whoa, he's like, Have you been training? Like, how much do you bench? De de I mean, squat. <laughs> I was like, Because I had my shorts on, I was like, I don't squat, mate. Uh, and he was like, Asking me about training, and I was telling him, He said he was gonna get, I told him because I was like, Pure gym's there. I was like, Oh, yeah, we used to work at Pure gym, and he was like, Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about getting oh, coach. I'm, coach. I'm thinking about getting a PT. So I, was, I, I told him like what I do for a living. He's like, I'm thinking about getting a PT like in person because I need like a health in person. And I was like, yeah, mate, great, go for it. I was like, but you'll struggle in that gym. <laughs> I was like, I'll be honest with you. I was like, said the PT industry is not great. I was like, and especially in that gym. I was like, let me know if you're going to go. I'll try and advise someone. I was like, but probably better off like you know going on your own or I'll, I'll give you uh, some yeah. tips. Like he was like, I, I don't really want to do online. Like I want someone in person. I was like, you'll struggle, mate. <laughs> without being like yeah. a dick to the people but it's true like, I'm not going to recommend yeah. someone in that gym like realistically yeah most, most gyms it'd be hard oh yeah the vast majority of people that actually know stuff are usually working online you know like that's like yeah I, I think I, I it do, will be good there's good PTs yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely good. still a lot of good PTs about I definitely think there are but it's rare to find them in a pure off, often yeah in a pure gym and like I say often if they are good they, they probably want to not not always but a lot of the time they, they want to go online um, yeah, just because their time availability and yeah. how many clients you can work with there's further benefits but yeah no it makes sense right do you want to go through your questions mate Okay. I will say, guys, listen, uh, the fantastic listeners of the podcast, um, Sanaya bought me a Pepsi Max Raspberry. First time. I think, did you, did I have one of these at yours? Hey, you've had that loads of times at mine. Yeah, mate, I didn't, I thought it was cherry though. So this is the first time I've consciously thought it was raspberry. I, I will say, I think it's, uh, it's an elite, it's an elite drink, mate. Very nice. It is. I've, I've had it for years. Yeah, very good. I didn't know they had, you know, they way behind, mate, way behind. And if it's yeah. a bit of a hotter day and you want something a little bit more refreshing, Pepsi Max yeah. Lime is your go-to. Okay. Cheers. Thanks for that, mate. It's all right, mate. And also, if you want some bowling tips, just let me know. Yeah. Go and bowling ask this. Going to beat at 140. You'll get beat. I know. I probably will do, mate. Come on. Perrin asked us. I mean, to be fair, I don't really want to answer Perrin's question because he's put us so far down on his, uh, his priority. Yeah. He thought... We thought we were third, and now we're like we're top three. We're going to be like forty seventh guest on his podcast. So yeah, yeah. a bit disappointed. He asked me. He messaged me last night. Saying, um, you doing a? He said you doing a podcast tomorrow. Uh, I've already got a question ready. Hashtag fanboy. And uh, he clearly, mate, because you put your question box up earlier. He no. couldn't even wait. He just goes, "That's it. I'm going." Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for the podcast. So he put uh, biggest tips for first time competitors. Ooh. 
I mean, well, you, mate, you haven't competed. I can't answer, so I'm going to take myself out of this one and take myself back. Think, Thanks for the question, true. Perry. I think oh, you yeah. can answer. Like, because yeah. You, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you could, but... I'm not your usual first-time competitor. Like, okay. for someone who's not competed before, I'm a bit of an anomaly with my experience of training and then likewise getting linked. And yeah, most like, people, like most people, if they're in your situation, would have competed when they were like eighteen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I think I'm very rare in that degree. But yeah, you go first, mate, because you'll be the one who can answer to a better degree officially. Even though I've trained for longer, uh, probably have more diets in, in the books. Like the only thing yeah, you've got on me is competed. Like, it's a little bit different. Mate. Like the actual competition side of yeah. things, like you've dieted yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah, but yeah. the actual yeah, go, yeah. competing side of things. Uh, there's loads, like, I can't really think of, I'm not going to do an order, but there's loads of stuff. So, the first one would be, don't rush into it, like, make sure you've actually got enough muscle. Like, Perrin's got a good amount of muscle, like, I'm not saying himself, yeah. but, like, for most individuals, like, don't rush, because more often than not, you'll have a lot less muscle than you actually think when you actually get lean. Um, practice posing, like, your life depends on it like literally day in day out you know round after round after round after round like i've got slater on eight rounds a day i've got sunny on six rounds a day and the only reason sunny's not on more is because he's not as close to his show yet and it's a tool of expenditure as well but just practice literally like i should have practiced more i wish i had practiced more in terms of just getting better at it and in terms of my posing fitness you don't want to come off stage and look back at your video and, and be like oh my posing wasn't great. I could have been better on that pose. I could have been better on that pose. Like that was one thing that really pissed me off. Like I came back off off stage. I watched the video back, and I was like, "That pose could have been better. That pose could have been what better." What pose was it? Was <laughs> was it the front relaxed? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, uh, I thought it was the front relaxed. Everything else you weren't too bizarre. So that night, relaxed. like after I watched it back, I was posing yeah. in the mirror, improving my poses, like because I just want it so bad. But you know what I mean? Like little things like that, like you don't want to be in that situation. The only reason I was in that situation was because one, I, I, I wouldn't say I didn't practice enough because I did. Oh, I, wasn't, did. I wasn't analytical enough. So you can practice as much as you like, but if you're practicing shit poses, it doesn't matter. So you've got to make sure that you're perfecting the poses and practicing the poses once they're perfected and then improving your fitness in the poses. Um, don't stress like stress is going to be a massive massive factor when it comes to whether or not your body is in a good position to actually mobilize body fat if you're stressed all the time whether it be due to work or relationships or because of the prep then you're just going to end up sort of being in a, in a worse position and and showing sort of you at 60 percent 70 percent of your best which obviously we don't want so Make sure that you're planning ahead everything. Make sure that you're booking the hotel pretty early. Make sure that you're booking the tan early. Make sure that you're sorting out your routine early. Don't leave things to the last minute. Don't be surrounding yourself with people that are going to stress you out. You know, Don't be generally sort of allowing external variables to creep in. Um, that's the same with any time, really. That's not necessarily just a prep, but it, obviously it's heightened even more so during a prep. Um, there's going to be loads more things. Book the shows early enough. Um, get your, like, whether you're doing physique or bodybuilding or classic, get your trunks early enough. Like, all those kind of things. Don't leave things to the last minute because it's just going to cause stress. Um, yeah. And don't change every variable at once because you'll just shit yourself. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, uh, I think a few more of this, like, make sure you know what class you'll be going into and what the benefits are and what where you actually fit. Get... 
good guidance, whether that's through a coach, whether that's through someone that you trust, or whether that's through your own kind of time in the trenches, if you're experienced enough to say. Um, I definitely would recommend that. I also think as well, making sure you've dieted in the past. So that's going to kind of come in good yeah. synergy with what we mentioned at the start or what Finn mentioned at the start being like, don't just rush into it. Like I've picked up so many little eating tendencies and in a sense, like eating disorders. And I hate how people think that's a bad thing. Like you are going to pick up eating disorders and eating tendencies that are not exactly healthy when you're prolonging a deficit. And like, for example, I noticed um, Blesser, one of my uh, one of like my ex-girlfriends got the like the, the worst version of me when she used to sit down next to me or like literally next to me I'd sit on the floor she'd sit on my bed with her legs like neck touching me and I'd be like moving and she'd like move intentionally nearer to me and I, I must have shouted at her about 10 times saying just get away from me I don't want anyone near me when I'm eating and like I know that when I diet if you, when I'm eating just leave me alone don't talk to me little things like that knowing how you respond everyone's like if you've never dieted and you've never got overly lean you do not know how you're going to respond you might freak out you might be really antisocial. you might be potentially a little bit more aggressive whatever it's going to be there's going to be things that you'll pick up on when you're in a prolonged fat loss period and like just to rush into a show and you've trained for a year or two years it's like you have not even dieted like you, you need to kind of go through the the like the understandings of how your body works how you mentally work like each sign i'm getting bar me going to the toilet currently is things that i've experienced before and i'm like okay this is normal like i feel like this is how i should feel at this point or oh cool this is how i felt this time and i can kind of go off previous experiences and that's just through experience and obviously for a first time competitor it might not for parent for example it's probably not in best interest for him to get mind-blowingly peeled if he's going to be competing next year or whatever but at least run fat loss phases and understand what your body can get away with where your food is where your metabolic rate is uh, on a like say do you need this amount of cardio obviously it's going to be dependent because you're going to have more muscle when you compete if you were to prolong it but just knowing that baseline level of information is way more imperative in my opinion than working with the best coach or having the best protocol in mind because in a sense you can plan perfectly you can have everything written out but the one thing i think a lot of people forget about as a prep or in a prep is it's so reactionary and you, or you have to be so reactionary you know it was um, like I was I was being asked like let's say when I started oh what's the plan for this what's the plan for that and when it came to the assistant side of things what's 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 your cycle going to be what are you going to do for this and it was like every my, every single time my answer was it'd be naive of me to say or plan what I'm going to do like I know what tools are at my disposal cardio lipolytics assistance everything um, nutrition training why would I be planning what I'm going to do ten weeks down the line I don't even know how I'm going to be in four weeks six weeks. So it's, it's a bit of a challenge to almost go in and know that because a first-time competitor, you will be tasked, but trying to find that good balance and, and almost go in with the, the most amount, not a box is ticked, but the most amount of knowledge kind of from your own feedback systems in the past is probably quite imperative so to, to break it down basics as Finn mentioned you can go into a few more intricacies but there's so much to cover and at the same time I think it often can be overthought and that's why the vast majority of individuals compete with a coach like it makes sense give the stress yeah. over to someone don't, else don't, overthink it. Yeah. don't put too much pressure on it like obviously if you have a coach then you can put it onto them but even if you coach yourself like enjoy it like, don't be putting so much pressure on it like it is the be all and end all if you win or if you don't win you know it's you know you don't gonna you're never gonna compete again or anything like that like 
do it because you want to do it for the right reasons, you know, actually because you enjoy bodybuilding and the process of it and you just want to sort of reveal your hard work at the end of it. You know, don't do it because <clears throat> it's fashionable or it's cool or it's good for business or anything like that because that will likely result in probably you not enjoying it and, and a poorer result at the end of things. Yeah, spot on. Right, going to one of my questions. Uh, let's have a look. Um, Rowan Young, uh, one of the, he asked two questions actually. Um, when's best to train abs on a pull push lower split? Asking to settle a debate. You know, one of these debates, like, yo man, when do you train abs? So I would generally would place them abs? as far away from movements that are going to be dependent on your abdominal bracing. I would say so let's say your main movement like in your weekly split is like or your main movement that, that is dependent on bracing is a deadlift or a hack squat let's say then I would generally try and place them away from those um, in terms of let's say let's say you have a pull push leg split I wouldn't really recommend doing abs before the pull the pull day or before the leg day so I would actually do them at the end of those sessions, which might sound weird because I'm saying do them away from those, but I mean do them away from them in terms of not doing them beforehand. So yeah. I like doing abs at the end of pull and at the end of legs because I've done my main work, my main compound work that is dependent on my, my abdominals working and my, my core bracing. So I'm not going to be fatiguing my abs and, and gener like let's say potentially – um, creating some form of soreness and some some DOMs within my midsection before going into like a big movement. Um, whereas with your pressing, like, yeah, you've got a brace, of course you have, but you've got more stability through the machine that you're on, um, the bench behind you. You still have to brace, but it's nowhere near to the extent that you would rely on it on a deadlift or a hinge variation or a squat variation. So, yeah, I like abs at the end of pull days and at the end of uh, lower days. I also like it from the standpoint that you've been doing a lot of movements that are incorporating spinal extension. So if you think about it, doing a hinge is you're, you're in spinal extension, doing a squat, doing uh, even like leg extensions and hamstring curls, you're constantly in spinal extension, um, which is when you're obviously your abs are going to be in their lengthened position. Um, and your, your lower back and your, your, your mid back can get quite tight from being in that position constantly. Um, so you could then do latter in the session. You could do some uh, abdominal work, which is going to train through spinal flexion um and and kind of if you think of it as uh there's not only the benefit of training your abs but then you've also got the secondary benefit of um generally sort of think of it as almost lengthening and stretching out your lower back if you think of it like that because you're going into that flex position um which i find works well just in terms of, of recovery on that area um so like hanging leg raises or ab mat crunches or even just like cable ab crunch or ab crunch machine hanging leg raises work well um, just because you, you also then get the benefit of a stretch after like a pull day let's say when you've been doing you know a lot of back work um you could also do them on rest days like i have clients who do them on rest days just works well for them um and often as well what i would say is you know realistically if you train abs pretty often, pretty frequently at a good level of in intensity and you're pretty accurate with them, they're not going to be sore, like unless you did something massively different. So let's say you trained abs like every third day and then all of a sudden you have to change them to a rest day before pull. 
it's not going to take away really from your deadlift. Like it would only take away if you did something drastically different. Um, so yeah, the, again, that that's I've covered that in quite a bit of detail. But realistically, like probably isn't going to matter that much. It's a very minor detail. What about what do you think about hanging off a like a cable and then getting someone to punch reps? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's very beneficial, mate. When we look at the research in regards to muscle damage, uh, that's the best thing you can do. Is, oh, really top it, I'm honest. Yeah, punching yeah. muscles is the best thing you can do for hypertrophy. I don't know why people yeah. don't talk about it more. We talk about muscle protein breakdown and then overall... Like, like a taboo, taboo subject for some reason. I don't know why people... Basically, you want one of those... You know those hats that you can sip on? So you want to be sipping on EAs, so you're going to be spiking MPS. And then you're going to be going through actual breakdown at the same time and because the EAA is going into your stomach it's going to be localized in the area and therefore you can almost mix that actually with a sub q injection at the same time so every in between like every round just a quick jab of, uh, of EAAs to the area and uh, mix that with a bit of L-carnitine you know bioavailability is pretty poor of L-carnitine so you want to actually inject it sub q fantastic synergy uh, fat loss potential is ridiculous if I'm honest and then likewise actual muscle work is absurd so if you want the best abs just you can do what Finn says or you can do the latter I, I'd be favouring the latter time you efficiency you don't even train abs I know <laughs> I need to but like, you know, any lower abs. yeah my lower abs don't exist so my, my, <laughs> that's exactly what we were speaking about earlier Oh, no, I don't have lower abs. I don't, literally, don't no, abs. genetically, genetically, I do not have lower abs. My, I've, I've been blessed with 10 out of 10 obliques, but my lower abs are absolutely, I, I sacrificed my, my lower abs for very good obliques. It was a shame. So, yeah. Right, your question, mate. What is it? Uh, I got a question from my client, Luke. He's a doctor and he asked us, will you have the vaccine? Oh, um, have you had it yet? Nope. I thought you would have, mate. I thought you would have sneakily got it without telling me. I know you mentioned it a few times. So um, I've, we've had a few conversations like this in person. And I am not anti-vax. I'm not pro-vax. I'm not really for anything. Oh, me. No, I'm so anti. I'm just, it's such a, such a scam. No. Um, if I'm honest, I look at this and I think, am I in the, in the current circuit of individuals who are at risk of getting COVID and potentially let's say dying of it or having like bad, bad response and being unable to kind of perform day-to-day tasks right now. Fortunately, I'm not in that zone and my health is in a good position. And therefore I would be questioning like the efficacy of why I would need a vaccine for something that isn't going to put me in the side of like the, not the side effect profile that's going to be detrimental that it could, let's just be, Frank, like it could be damaging or it could like say kill me or whatever so without me being in that risk group i personally would be favoring unless my life quality is going to come down eg you can't go to the cinema you can't go to watch football you can't go to on a holiday whatever it's going to be i personally won't be signing myself up for it if i got a text saying this is your day come get it i probably would just because it'd be like, right, we're all going to have to get it eventually, but I'm not going to be actively calling up or going somewhere to, to get it myself, especially when I'm not in that percentage of like risk. If I was 100% and I look at the studies, like I'm not, I don't look enough, So if I'm honest, but by the looks of things, it seems to work from a hospital, hospitalization standpoint, I think, I'm guessing you, you, your client would agree. Um, and there's, there's definitely going to be benefits for the individuals in the zones that's going to be like... Like COVID's a risk for, but I'm not in that risk factor. So therefore, that's pretty much my thought process regarding it. I agree. Like, there's a few reasons that I haven't had it yet. I'm not sort of 
saying I'll, I'll never have it. I'm so against it because that's not the case. But I think the I saw an anal- an analogy um, where it was like we're sort of everybody's running all the red lights, shitting themselves, sort of speeding and, and running every red light to try and get get it sorted. Um, when realistically, is that that's not a good idea to get from A to B? You wouldn't just smash through every red light if you were driving somewhere. Like you, you know, yeah. take your time so you don't crash and etc. So. For me, like obviously, the fact that there's been no real long-term testing on it, would I put anything else in my body that there's been no long-term testing on? Like I wouldn't. You know, we're both sat quite sort of conscious about what we put in our body. Like you know, we, we want to know what we're doing to ourselves. So I wouldn't personally have enough knowledge on it, and I don't think there's enough knowledge anywhere in terms of the actual uh, long-term testing. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, so that's fast tracked. Like, yeah, there's not one is is a reason that sort of puts me off a little bit especially in terms of getting it as quick as possible because i'm told to um i also don't like the fact that we're told to do it you know like if it was a case of right you know it is your complete choice there'd be more chance of me getting it like and that's not me being like oh i don't want to be told what to do but i just don't think that it's in terms of our human rights i don't think it's really correct for us to be told whether or not we, we we can go to a nightclub if we don't have one or we can go to a football game or we can go on holiday like i get it more so with traveling abroad like i do get that in terms of like obviously when i've been to india and stuff i've had to get like the malaria vaccine and things like that i get that but i also think you know the malaria has been around for years you know there's a lot more sort of research around that with long-term trials etc um but yeah like you said you know for for people like under the age of i think it's like 35 the survival rate's like 99 percent or more i believe so again like and, and also i don't really socialize with many people over 35 like i very rare the only real people i socialize with are you and shannon like, i don't yeah. really see anyone else like, i see my family very rarely um and the only people above 35 are my mum and dad that i actually see and they're both double vaccinated now as well um, so I wouldn't be worrying too much about sort of the people that I, I spend my time with. Um, and just generally, I, I think, you know, forcing people into doing it isn't the right way to actually get people to do it. Like sort of giving like not so much incentives, is it? But it kind of is, you know, saying like you can't, do it. you know, it's restrictions yeah, on right. people for, for it. So I just don't agree with that. You know, that sort of from sort of just a humanity standpoint, I don't think that's that's right. So it's that's bad for humanity. humanity. I'm just not a fan, you know. It's just my fan. I think yeah. I have a lot of fun. I, I mean, I think it's a fair opinion. Like it's, it's not like at the end of the day, everyone's allowed how they, they think about it. I agree completely. Without the the long term studies and backing, it, it makes it. I just think it's a bit silly at times if you're not within the the risk factor. Like it's not worth it, in my opinion. It's However, if it's going to, you know, a lot of the variables. It, to go for it but i mean i'm not going to be rushing i, I know you won't be um and like the the annoying thing is i think the one thing that covid's created is almost like a bit of a cult following between like who, who's obeying the rules who's not who's getting the vaccine who's not and it's not even like i, I really dislike that's the one thing that's annoying it's become very uh, mob mentality you have to do this you have to do that and i just think in, in essence like just do 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 what you please you know you can, exactly. you can choose. I'm not but... against anybody for doing it. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with anybody or anything like that. I completely respect the people who are doing it and who aren't. Like, I think there's obviously reasons behind both, both sort of sides of the story. But I, I do think that it's getting a bit old now. Like, 
and people sort of discussing it and like I know people that have properly like had fallouts with families about it and stuff like yeah. that. Like it's it is a little bit in my opinion anyway, it's a little bit excessive. Like when you look at all the numbers and like, if you compare it to the flu, like three years ago, would you have been telling me you need to have the flu jab? Otherwise you can't do this or do that. Like, I know obviously COVID is different because it's new and we don't know about it. And obviously it's sort of taken the world by storm a bit, but you know, I, I wouldn't have got the flu vaccine. Yeah. So, you know, and it's very, scared of the needle. needle. I'm just scared. Not at all, mate. You love them. Adam in your yeah, yeah, twice actually today. So yeah, because um, Aaron's were more enjoyable. That's what really? I'd say. Um, yeah, so go. anyway, uh, yeah, we'll do one more question, mate, to conclude. Uh, if you've got, if you've got one more, ever, we'll just go through them. I got asked by um, sh- oh, her, her Instagram is Charl Charl Parsons, but it's it's like Charlotte. It's um it's tailored by Tom's missus, if I'm not mistaken. So. Um, thanks Tom for, for getting uh, I think it is Charlotte into the podcast uh, she's asked her first question uh, so I appreciate the question uh, how did you learn to switch off to an extent from training um, I'll be blank I don't um, I struggle I, I definitely struggle um, unfortunately my I say unfortunately like no it's not it's fortunate but at the same time there is that unfortunate degree where my life is revolved around training like my, my work is training my main hobby is training it's enjoyable like for example on saturday uh, after we trained we had um that was a really nice saturday mate i will well, actually absolutely say annihilated at bowling was yeah. that good for we you bowling. That. finn had finn out of five guys i had a pepsi and my yogurt and then uh, and then we went to the cinema afterwards and like little things like that that switching off but in between that, we went and sat in the car. We did WhatsApps for about 20 or 30 minutes. We did WhatsApps before we had our post-workout meal. Like, everything that we do, it's almost like, right, we need to do this. Cause Doing WhatsApps on the way home, I bet, as well, I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would, uh, yeah. Like, if I'm in the car, it's not where I'm, like, sat listening to music. If It's like I've not been on my phone for two hours during the cinema. So it is challenging. But focusing on, like, other things, like, for example, after this, I'm going to go bowling and I'll like when Liverpool are playing and season's on that's something I make time for try my best to almost kind of switch off to the best of my ability but at the same time like I I don't really get too burnt out on it like I love my job in the sense of coaching I wouldn't swap that for anything I absolutely love it to bit there's times where it can get on top of you that's for sure like I think me and Finn could both agree like you have a few new startups you have loads of whatsapps it is quite daunting but it's really enjoyable and I love training that will never change I don't think I'll ever go into a gym session and be like oh you know what I just don't want to do this like 10 years from now I'll still be training I will still be training you know what I mean like it's not where there's any doubt really so yeah to switch off like fortunately in a sense Finn lives with Shannon so Sundays like you usually will go and chill and do something different but like in the week like it's how you are like even on Sundays it's how you are it's not like you don't do anything it's just more so a chilled out day you know so yeah we you can switch off in a few different kind of like ways but it's challenging that's for sure but it's lucky that we're in this position that's what we can focus on but I would say that's more. I don't know if she's tailoring that, tailoring it to us. Oh, that was very good. I don't know if she's tailoring it to our jobs and us, or whether she's literally just saying like, "What would you recommend to switch off from training?" Mm-hmm. And if she is, then I would generally say um, you want to switch. You want to flick the switch to your to your parasympathetic state post workout. 
um, through utilization of ashwagandha. Things like I wouldn't even go into that bit. I would literally say like breathing, like focus on your breathing, calm yourself down, um, listen to some like relaxing music. If you if you mm-hmm. drive to the gym when you drive home, put some like chilled out music on, focus on your breathing. Um, then you can take things like ashwagandha, magnesium. You can you can help in terms of sort of getting yourself into a, a more of a relaxed state. Um, and then obviously you'd be in a better position to to consume your your food. Yeah, you could use support max. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to a, a, a mental state. Um, you know, you, you can be the type of person to be like, Oh, I can never switch off from training again. It, that's that mental side of, Oh, I've got weak calves. I've got this, I've got that. Like you, you don't have to be what you think you are a lot of the time. Like I think people sort of get stuck in the ways of like, I am this, I am that. And I can't change it when, when you definitely can it just comes down to sort of that mental strength and that, that sort of drive to to change it like we've had it loads of times where we've been like oh this is this or this is that and we can't do that and it's like well you can you're just not used to it yet or you haven't changed it yet so yeah i think like obviously your answer in regards to work and everything was good but if it's just a case of you know anybody trying to relax after you've trained and switch off from it then focus on your breathing focus on like putting music on even just like switch your phone off or stay away from social media those kind of things that will that'll help yeah, spot on. Right, you got a question to finish, or is that it? Um, biggest mistakes you two have made in bodybuilding careers. I feel like we've answered that, and we've answered it yeah, loads of times. Yeah, um, yeah. Listen to episode like literally. I think we answered that. Do, do, do you want to do one I mistake? It, I think it was the title as well. It was like biggest mistakes beginners make, and obviously that kind of relates to us. So, um, I can't even remember my answer, but I'm sure we've answered it, mate. So we, we can leave that yeah. one. Yeah, that's all good. Right, is that everything? Yeah, mate, that's all the good ones I've got. Spot on. Right, well, another episode. Episode 17, you said, wasn't it? Yes. Of the Once You're In Your In podcast featuring Reese at eight and a half? Nine and a half. Nine and a half weeks or eight and a half weeks? What is it? I don't even know. September 26th. It'll be eight and a half. Eight and a half, yeah. Eight and a half weeks. Eight and a half weeks out. By the next time, seven and a half weeks out. We are less than the two-month mark, which is getting getting exciting. Um, but other than that, again, appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, I will be a bit leaner next week. Finn will be a bit fatter. And uh, and that's pretty much how it's going to be going. Uh, we might cross on the stairs, body weight. That would be a funny episode. Um, that's for sure. But no, um, other than that, appreciate the questions. As mentioned, keep them consistent. Like, If you feel like, you know what, this is a week where they might not get many questions, ask. And if you feel like, you know what, there's probably going to be a lot of questions coming through this week. If you just get that urge, don't ask. Wait for the next week. Make sure they're consistent. <laughs> That's all we can say. Uh, but no, appreciate all the story tags. Uh, any questions that do come through on Tuesdays, we put the story box up usually like late Tuesday morning or early Tuesday morning. So in the morning, pretty much on Tuesdays. If you guys have any questions for the following episodes, feel free to ask, whether it's regarding, let's say, something you want answered or a personal topic or whatever. I feel like personal topics are actually quite good. Something that's not off the status quo of the like the usual bodybuilding realm. Something a bit more personal would actually be quite a good kind of like realm to go down. Um, but either way how big is like your said, penis yeah like uh, fortunately Sanai's out the room so I can lie um, <laughs> 12 inches <laughs> yeah it's 12 yeah, honestly man I can guarantee isn't it uh, but no other than that guys thanks for listening as always um, next episode will be next Tuesday and we'll catch you guys later